Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, guys, we are back. Happy Memorial Day to all you guys listening to this. We're trying to get this episode out a little bit early on a Monday so that if you're driving or doing anything crazy like that, dealing with all the traffic, you can plug in your headphones, you can turn out the kids in the back, you can ignore all the crazy road rage going on around you, and you can just listen to the mellow tones of Walt Chase and this week's guest. (laughs) Guys, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, my name's Walt and I'm your host of this show. Normally my co-host Chase would be co-hosting this intro as well, but he, you'll hear from him in the intro, but I just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in this week, and if you enjoy this episode, hit that subscribe button so that you get all of our next episodes coming up, and I just want to briefly touch on a couple things we got going on. First, you've got five days left to sign up for the Yakin' for Bass Challenge. If this is your first time listening and you like to catch largemouth bass, black bass, any black bass species from smallmouth on, and you like to do it from a canoe, kayak, or stand-up paddleboard, jump online, go to turnyx.com. Look for the Chasing Tales Yakin' for Bass Challenge and sign up today so that you can get entered for a lot of awesome prizes. We're giving away over $1,500 in prizes for this, and several of them, all you have to do is register one fish. So it's super easy, and to make it an even sweeter pot, the first 25 non-creators that register are going to get entered to win a pair of Shady Rays polarized sunglasses. Boom. All you have to do is register, and you're already entered to win a great prize right from the start. We want to go ahead and thank the sponsor of this show, Sportsman's Alliance, as well as the sponsors of the Yakin for Bass Challenge for helping us put on that event, Cadence Fishing, the Sportsman's Alliance, Tethered, Yak Attack, and such as Vacation Rentals. Guys, those guys are coming to bring you $1,500 worth of prizes that you can sign up today and be entered to win the month of June. If you want to know more about that, 
jump on our previous episodes, download them, and give them a listen. We've done about six episodes talking to creators, talking about the the tournament. It's going to be a great time. If you haven't already, check out our YouTube channel. In fact, when we recorded this episode, our YouTube channel wasn't live. It's now live, and you can go find us on YouTube, Chasing Tales Outdoors. We've got a vlog up there. I'm editing another one today that should drop very soon, highlighting some fishing. But we're going to be having gear breakdowns. We're going to do a vlog capturing our trips. We might even do some short films as this thing goes on. I told you guys some awesome stuff was coming down the pipe with the addition of Chase to this team. So that's one of the exciting things that we've got going on. And if you like the podcast and if you like the YouTube channel, please consider going to patreon.com forward slash chasing tales outdoors and contributing to the show those funds go directly into the production of this show our hosting fees our 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 travel fees to go across this country there's a lot of expenses that go into the show and if you enjoy it i have just revamped our patreon tiers we've got three tiers that you can check out all that come with some awesome stuff and there's a little blurb about the direction we're taking this show and what we're going to do specifically with that money so check it out www.patreon forward slash Chasing Tales Outdoors, or click the link in the description of this podcast, and it'll take you right there. This week's episode is Adrian Wilson. He's an awesome fellow, a good dear friend of mine, and ultimate jokester. The guy makes several jokes at my expense in this uh, episode. We go back and forth, and uh, he's an awesome guy, and he's a saddle hunter. He's a member of Team Tethered. And I just really enjoy talking to this guy on a daily basis. And when Chase said, hey, who do you want to have on to talk about deer hunting? Adrian was one of the first people I thought of. He's always on the Saddle Hunter group, sharing a bunch of awesome information, sharing it freely and non-biasedly. I mean, he, he lets you know if he's affiliated with a group. And he just has a good time celebrating the outdoors with people. Much like Chase, he's an adult onset hunter, meaning he got into the game late in life, and that's led to him having a very unique experience. So I'm going to cut this intro short here and let you hear it from the horse's mouth. Coming up next, Adrian Wilson out of Tennessee. Thanks for coming on the show, bud. All right. Well, I am happy to say that we have got a guest that has given me more grief in the last couple weeks uh, slash month. This guy is a the ultimate jokester. Um, he he he's he's hysterical in every way. He's kind of he's one of those guys that he really just tells you I love you through through picking on you. You know, like those uncles or cousins or older brothers where they never actually say it, but they 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 give you a noogie and you're like, okay, all right, he likes you. Well, this guy is that guy. He's also an incredibly good hunter as well. Well, this past year he killed an incredible buck, and we're going to get to that story. But before we do, Adrian Wilson, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me. Man, I, I'm excited to have you. We, we've interacted now for probably close to a year, I'd say, and you and I have had a good time doing it, and we, we cut up back and forth, and only recently we linked up on the phone here, and uh, I'm sorry to say that it took so long because uh, we have a hell of a good time. Man, we do. I mean, life, life uh, happens, and, uh, you know, sometimes texting is the best way, but uh, I've enjoyed uh, – interacting with you and busting your balls as much as possible and <laughs> and then i get it back i get it back which is fun you know but you you hit the nail on the head man i uh uh when if i like you man i'm gonna mess with you and so uh that's that's, 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 that's part of my my love showing i guess so you hit the, the nail on the head there well, uh, I think you may be only the second uh, individual from this, the fine state of Tennessee 
that we've had on the podcast. You're an avid outdoorsman, but uh, I, I don't know that I know enough about your story, so I'm certain our listeners don't know enough about you. To kind of introduce yourself, tell us who you are, how'd you get into to hunting, and, and what's, your, what's your biggest outdoor passion? All right, so uh, Adrian Wilson, uh, I'm from just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, about 20 miles south. Uh, grew up in Nashville. Um, I didn't grow up hunting. I I, uh, I was playing sports. Uh, kind of like, an, I guess, uh, y'all's past episode with Parker, you guys were talking about that. You know, I grew up, uh, uh, my uh, my both parents were, te- were teachers. My dad was a principal slash basketball coach. He did some high school and basketball. I mean, high school and some college uh, basketball. And uh, so I grew up playing football, basketball, but, you know, as, as many things as I could get into, I, I was ate up with it. And uh, the cool thing was, you know, I had very supportive parents, and but they never pushed me, you know, they, as far as they never made me play these sports. It was just a desire, a, a competition of sorts. And then the camaraderie was with, with the guys, you know, I just enjoyed that. And, uh, so um, anyway, uh, ultimately ended up uh, uh, playing basketball alone about my junior year in high school, and then uh, was fortunate enough to uh, play a little college basketball at Belmont University in Nashville. Um, and uh, still, I'm, I'm a non-hunter at this point. But the one thing I was, I, I knew, I had a lot of friends that did it. I just didn't have the time, you know. Uh, when I, I we talked earlier when, when I get into something, I'm all in. And, uh, so when I was playing whatever sport I was in and in that season, I was all in. And, um, and, and if we, ha- we have an all season, you know, I'm out playing wiffle ball in the backyard with ghost men with my brother, or, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the ultimate, like, I want to do that actually right now, <laughs> get a freaking wiffle ball game up. I was realistic. I was I was never the best player on my college team. Far from from far from it. Belmont was D one. I was lucky to be a part of the program, and I was I was the uh, I was the hardworking uh, role player guy. Uh, but anyway, with that being said, I picked up hunting. Uh, turkey hunting was what I, what I started on. I had uh, I was at a little rural school about. Uh, 30, 40 miles outside of Nashville, and uh, the girls' basketball coach and I just really hit it off. Uh, actually, you, you'll appreciate this, Walter. If I said the, <laughs> if I said the name Andy Landers, do you know who that is? God, that sounds familiar. Oh, my, I'm gonna bust you so hard if you don't get this guy. <laughs> if you if 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 you bleed red, like you claim. And you don't know this guy. <laughs> was he the, the, the women's basketball coach way back in the day, like in the early like, 50s and 60s? He he started the Georgia program. And uh, <laughs> he uh, – anyway, he he just res- retired within the last five to six years from Georgia basketball. Yeah. Anyway, his, yeah. his brother, Micah Landers, uh, one, of my, one of my really good friends, um, he was a girls coach at this high school. And uh, – so he's like, man, you need to go turkey hunting with me tomorrow or, or, some, or whatever. And it was a Friday. I was like, yeah, I'll go. I went to Walmart. He went with me. We got some really awesome camo. Um, I went turkey hunting with him. I didn't take a gun. I just went with my buddy just to experience it. And 
that morning, I've, I've probably never since then have heard more gobbles in one place in my life. And the, uh, the thunder and the vibrations coming through my chest and the excitement was something <laughs> I'll never forget. Um, but anyway, that, that, that had me hooked right then and there. I knew I'm going to be a turkey hunter. And uh, we hunted that day, saw birds, never killed one. Um, and I went and got a, here in Tennessee, um, I, I didn't have, I didn't, have the hunter safety course yet. So I got an apprentice license. They let you get to, an, you can go with another licensed hunter for a year. I went and got that and I bugged every hunter I knew to take me. Every, <laughs> I mean, literally I was that guy. I was the guy that was calling you and you're like, crap, it's him again because they knew what I wanted. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I hunted that whole Turkey season and, uh, never, uh, now, I didn't do the calling. I, I knew better. I, I wasn't experienced or didn't even try. Uh, so, uh, anyway, the last day of season, I had a bird. Uh, we knew kind of a routine. So, it was more of a bushwhack, but I'm not down on that. I killed my first bird that last day of the season. Um, bushwhacked him coming in. We'd caught a little bit and kind of hopeful. So, anyway, and uh, – that's that's what it was. So then, as soon as turkey season's over, Michael Landers, same guy, is like, "Now we gotta get you into deer hunting." And this was, golly, um, I was 28, I think, when I started hunting. So that that was when I was 28. So the next year, he's like, "We gotta get you a bow." And like you, I left Idama at South Pole. I got on Craigslist because we didn't have a Facebook marketplace at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so careful you're dating yourself my friend <laughs> oh goodness so uh <laughs> so i get on uh, craigslist and i find an old matthews bow i don't know i don't know names of bows by new matthews because i've seen every commercial at that point in time that they probably ever put out i mean you know how uh, watching watching the outdoor channel oh yeah uh, so i was like man i'm gonna get a matthews i mean because they told me to. So anyway, I, f I found a Matthews, a lefty, which I didn't know were so hard to find at the time. So I, I got it and I shot for a couple of days. And then the next morning, um, I went over to my buddy's place uh, and he put me on a tree and said, here's a summit climbing stand. This is generally how you do it. I never practiced. I just did it. And luckily I didn't kill myself. I didn't have a harness. Didn't, you know, I didn't know he, he, he was, he's a little bit older than me. He, he never hunted with a harness at the time and stuff like that. So anyway, that morning acorns were raining down, uh, and I have some does come in right under me at the time, you know, I'm, I'm very, very much, uh, green in this. And there was, I don't know, the, the rest that I had on this old Matthews was probably older than the Matthews itself. It, it was nothing. It was like a prong that just sat there stationary. And right. mm -hmm. I'm, sh I'm shaking. I'm shaking, you know, because these deer, are, <laughs> these, the, these doe are right under me. And I'm, I'm wanting to draw back, but this prong and my arrow start shaking too because I'm shaking, right? And you can hear it. 
you can hear this vibration and these deer are major alert and i'm sitting thank goodness it happened though because i didn't know any better i was gonna sit there and draw back out a deer directly under my stand and try to put one through her spine at the time that's what i was thinking um but anyway they they spooked off about 15 20 yards and i was composed myself enough to draw back and i let an arrow fly that morning and i was like crap you know, I see the arrow come out. I, to me, it looked like it, it went under the, the deer. You know, it, it goes underneath. But it actually went right through her. But, you know, I've never I've never shot a deer. So you, you, if you can get a, a picture in your mind of how that arrow looks coming out the backside under, you know, and hitting the dirt, I thought it hit the dirt. And so I called my buddy. I was like, well, I mean, he's probably about 300 yards away. I was like, I just missed one. Then I'm looking, I look up about 60 yards. I was like, hold on a second. I see something white in your woods. He's like, you idiot, that's your deer. <laughs> what was, what was that, what was that moment like for you when you, when you'd killed your first deer? What was that moment like Dude, realizing it, that? It, it, it was, um, it was exhilarating. It was, you know, that's, that's, and that sums up my hunting even now, just, the fact that I'm able to be there and somewhat hidden, you know, I'm in this tree and, and, and try because I, I, I respect the animals. I mean, I, they're smart, you know, they've got these senses. That's where they live. I'm in their, their bedroom, their living room, whatever. And I was able to kill this deer. And the fact that, you know, it took me a minute before I realized what I'd done you know, I, I had to sit there before I could climb down the tree because I knew, like, I was wanting to rush down and go get this my hands on this dough. And uh, I knew, crap, if I do that, I'm, I don't know how to really work this tree stand. I've never come down in one. So I, and it was it was one of those open front summits um, that was still, and I probably just flipped out and broke my neck or something. But uh, by the time I got down, my buddy was over there and just – Man, I, I, it was awesome. You know, just, just, I, I couldn't, I wasn't shaky at, you know, when I got down, it was just more excitement and I wanted to learn. I'm always wanting to learn. So I wanted to learn, okay, so what do we do now? Like what, what, how do we, how do we get this thing? You know, what, what next? And so I'm always trying to soak that, that sort of stuff in. Yeah. I, I think, uh, that first moment when you kill a deer, I, I imagine it's different if you come from a hunting family versus being, uh, and you know, later in life, like you and Chase, Chase, how does that compare for you? Like when you killed your first deer, what was that like? Oh man, I was, uh, super excited and super nervous at the same time because I, I wasn't hunting with anybody at the time. My father-in-law, the person that had, uh, got me into hunting, he was actually on a trip in Illinois at the time. So I'm going back and texting him, telling him, Oh my God, I just got my first deer. And uh, he was super excited and everything. And then I'm like, oh, my goodness, well, what what do I do now? Because, like I said, I had never <laughs> – before that, I had never gutted a deer or cleaned a deer, quartered one out or anything like that. Luckily, he there was a guy working for him at the time on his farm that had cleaned a ton of deer. <laughs> so I was able – like I said, I, I got to it, and I saw the deer falls. One of those ones, I, I shot it, saw it fall, um, got down, got it, threw it in the back of my truck. I called – 
uh, the guy that was working for my father-in-law, and he met me down uh, at the Skin and Shack, and uh, there I got uh, my first lesson on uh, how to clean a deer, gut a deer, and uh, get it ready to, to uh, put in the freezer. Yeah, I was I wasn't alone when I killed my first deer. I was able to go get my dad, and he was able to kind of help walk me through that process. And I always kind of been curious and a bit fascinated uh, of sorts whenever uh, you know whenever I think about like what that would have been like doing it on my own. So that's pretty cool, man. So let's shift gears. You know, we we talked about. Uh, by the way, thank you for the thorough intro. I, you normally I have to probe people for questions. You you, you nailed it, dude. <laughs> you covered you covered all the bases. <laughs> Well, appreciate that brother <laughs> but you know we, we we talked about uh offline where this podcast would go and uh i wanted everybody to get to know who you are and part of that story especially as a deer hunter and as an avid i'd say you're you're an avid deer hunter um part of that journey was was learning how to refine your system um it's no secret that that i use a saddle while hunting but I'm a newbie. I, I'm a fanboy. I've jumped on this bandwagon late late in the game as it got popular. Whereas you discovered saddle hunting long, long ago before all the modern changes to it back when it, there was really only like one or two saddles on the market and they hadn't changed for quite some time. So why why saddle hunting? How did you find out about it? Well, um, I early, early on being a, a, a deer hunter, I had access to a ton of private land. You know, being a high school teacher at the time, uh, not so much now, but at the time I was in a rural area, there's a lot, you know, these kids were coming in and they're, they're farmers, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. they, you know, some, some hunted, I mean, you think in a rural area, but all of them did, but that wasn't the case. A lot of them um, were doing other things. So I got to, uh, you know, they knew I, I liked to hunt and, these people would offer me, Hey, you want to come out and hunt some of our property? And, and anyway, so I was hunting all this private land and I didn't know anything about public land at all. I, I just heard the horror stories of, Oh, you don't want to do that. You might, somebody might shoot you or somebody's going to come in and interrupt this or that. <laughs> and, and, you know, and why would I want to do that when I had the, the Cadillac of deer hunts, you know, I had private access that nobody else was hunting and, I had cameras out there and didn't have to worry about them getting stolen. And I had all these ladder stands and lock on set up. And, you know, I could just leave school or go before school in the morning and not have to carry anything. So anyway, that dream ended when I moved to where I'm at now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still, again, it's outside of Nashville and it's in Spring Hill, but uh, it's more of a metropolitan area, I guess, somewhere. Sure. And so anyway, there's not, you don't have the people there that had the land where I was at. So I lost access to some of the properties, people sold them or whatever. So then I'm faced with, man, I only got this one area to hunt. It's not really conducive to hold the deer. Don't know they'll come through there, but I learned that this kind of stinks. So I, uh, uh, I met a, a buddy, uh, his name is Ricky. Uh, if, if you're on saddlehunter.com, he's, uh, I'm there. And uh, we met on uh, before all the, uh, the the websites now and stuff. Uh, we met on TennesseeDeer.com. And uh, we got to talking, and he was talking about this public land close to where I was at. And I, I messaged him, and I was like, man, you know, tell me about it. Because I, I, I don't know. I mean, this I just what I've heard other people say or hear say. So then we start hunting. He, he takes me around, and, and, and uh, 
we meet up and you know I, i'm like oh my goodness what have i i've been missing out on these thousands of acres of just just free land like free <laughs> and so i learned early on that now i'm lugging in my at the time i, I don't know i had a, some sort of summit climber or a couple of them for different scenarios and uh I'm sweating to death going in um, <laughs> and you know, you know, you, you, you're in the South. I'm in the South a little bit North of you, but you know, it, it's humid as all get out here in early bow season. And even it seems like now, even in, in November, once the sun comes up, you can, you can burn up pretty good. So anyway, after a few years of uh, lugging that stuff in, but also at the same time, we got to know the area manager at the WMA. And as long as we got his permission, he would let us put out a ladder stand. And, and you know how that goes. Other people might be in it or whatever, but we, we would take advantage of that for the quick hunt. And uh, anyway, so many people were leaving their garbage and tree stands also. Uh, and they were spending manpower to take these down after the season was over because people wouldn't come back and get them. He said, no, you can't do that anymore. So anyway, I know long story here, but Ricky starts talking about these saddles and I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. And Ricky's the type of guy that he likes to, uh, he can tinker and make stuff. He's got a great mind for that. And next thing I know, I kind of doubted him, even though like, I think he can do anything he wants to. I think he's got that good of a mind, but he comes up with this thing that looks like a swing and he's just like a homemade, uh, I'd, I'd got him on the rock, uh, rock climbing harnesses just versus uh, a, a safety vest a couple of years earlier. So he's wearing this rock climbing harness. He's got this swing thing. And I'm like, dude, what, what are you doing? He's like, this is how I'm hunting. I'm like, I'm thinking he's crazy. You know, I, I've never heard of this. And he'd been on saddlehunter.com and he'd, he'd got into the, uh, um sit drag and uh so i'm sitting here watching this guy hunt or well we're walking into hunt we hunted together a lot and we'd split up at a couple areas and he'd go his way i'd go mine and i'm sitting here with i don't know 40 pounds and he's walking in with maybe 20 at the time and uh he's just talking about how awesome it is so then I get to researching it, you know, like I said, I'm a researcher. I, I don't just go out and jump in until I know what I'm doing. And so I found out about these commercialized saddles. You know, there's at the time, I guess one or two companies and um, I end up getting one. I'm like, I'm an, I'm an idiot. Why, why, why I never get into this sooner. And, and I, <laughs> but you know, it really hadn't been around. Well, I guess it had been around, but it was very limited knowledge on the stuff. And right. uh, once I got in one and learned that I don't have to lug around. Now, don't get me wrong. A summit climber is comfortable as I'll get out. I mean, you get that thing dialed in, yeah. that, that that could be a Cadillac of stands. But, you know, it's, it's you know, I'm 6'5". I'm so any tree that's going to be low-hanging, I'm getting caught up in or I'm banging or whatever with the weight and then you got your your pack in the in the late season of 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 clothes and snacks and you know just so anyway (laughs) the saddle 
remedied so much of that. It was like a no-brainer. And once I got it dialed in after a few hunts, I didn't hate it at first or anything like that. I liked it okay, but I was just like, I, I don't know about the long long term because like when I go hunting, I like to I like to go out as long as I can. And uh, right, I mean, just because I, I love being in the woods regardless. I mean, if I'm hunting or not, I like being in the woods, you know, or hiking or whatever. So anyway, that's that's how saddle hunting came a part of my life. And then I haven't I haven't looked back. You know, it's just why. Elaborate on that for a little bit for me. Why why did saddle hunting provide you a benefit, and 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 why was that benefit indispensable to you? Well, it, it's evolved for me. You know, early on, like I, I mentioned, it was it was the weight savings and uh, not having bulk on my back. And uh, then when I realized the benefit of once I started, especially in early season when I was patterning deer. And I really like the the fact that I could hide behind the tree. I'm facing the tree, facing the way they're coming. They can't see me, you know, and, unless they come in behind or something or the wind's good that way. But uh, the the fact that I could hide in the tree, the fact that I can literally go all the way around the tree, you know, I, I can shoot at every angle I felt like. Um, and, and, and I think that's an important thing when I say that. You gotta practice those things. I mean, like anything else, you gotta practice to be good at it. Sure, you can make some shots, and but I, I practiced uh, doing that. I wanted to, you know, that was part of the uh, the competitive spirit from when I grew up playing sports. I, I wanted to get better. I wanted to achieve and be successful and be the best that I could be uh, in what I was doing. So the saddle I felt provided me with the ability. I was learning that, hey, uh, instead of, you know, I'd see deer maybe, you know how they change course. You know, they, they, you can pattern them a lot early on, and they might be using this path. And then I started realizing, hey, they're not using this. They're using that one 40 yards down now, and I'm stuck here in this, this climber that's going to make noise when I come down and all this. And I just kind of hated the fact now I can just climb on down and just move. And, and, and it's very simplistic and I can get in any tree I want to. I, I don't have to worry about this straight tree. Now I went with the lock on and sticks for a while too, but I mean, it's, it's still the weight thing. And uh, so the fact that uh, I can go in any tree I want to, and, and, and um, I, I feel the safety factor is huge. You know, I know that uh, um you love heights, Walter, so you're not afraid of those things. <laughs> but, but you know, knowing that I am completely, you know, locked in and I'm going to be good with with many uh, different mechanisms that is keeping me safe and uh, and backups. Man, that's a no brainer to me. Yeah, I think for me the the when I sat down with Greg. And I did the Saddle Hunter podcast with him. To me, it became rapidly apparent that this was a far safer system. And being that uh, I'm a brazen individual and I'm not scared of the heights, uh, it gave me quite a quite a good bit of comfort to know that there was such a a different degree or a total degree of security to a saddle that just wasn't present with a with a with a. Uh, 
a lock on or a climber or something like that. And I encourage everybody, if if you're interested in hearing about you know the safety of of a saddle, go and find my episode with Greg on the Saddle Hunter podcast. It was clearly, in my opinion, the best episode they ever produced. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, he did break down step by step, and, and the whole pur- pur- purpose of that episode was I came to the conversation and said, hey. Uh, here are my concerns, and he'd answer them. I say, okay, but the, here's some other concerns, and he'd answer them. By the time it was all said and done, aside from getting over the fear, just getting up there and doing it, and hanging by this like, what is it, like a three eighths inch uh, piece of am steel? Yeah, for the bridge. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's it it's it's smaller round than my pinky finger, and it was just kind of daunting at first. But dude, I took a tumble up in a tree, and it was a more controlled tumble. It wasn't even a tumble. It was more like me, you know, just like face planting into the tree because there was just there was so little room to fall and and um to me not having to carry the sticks i'm sorry the stand that was the game changer the ability to just pick a tree climb up that tree and then hunt dude it, down here in in this in florida where it is it is not uncommon in early bow season in september to be hunting in upper 90s low 100 degree temps i mean that is a huge game changer. Talk about cooling down quickly, man, it's killer. Yeah, I mean that that the as you're describing that, I'm picturing you know imagine, and you said you had a, a little tumble there, but it was is limited. Could you imagine yep. standing on a lock on? And I'm not anti lock on or, or climbers at all. I think no, no, me I think that's, Yeah, I think they're great, but. For, for, for the way I hunt, you know, everybody's going to be different. And so for me, the saddle makes more sense. But anyway, I'm, I'm picturing as you're saying that, could you imagine standing on a lock-on or, or standing on, on, a, on a, in a climber and taking a tumble? And, and because your 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 tether or whatever has has slack in it and there's going to be a jolt. Yeah. Just, man. I've done it. I've done it. It's not, it, it the, the comparison between the two, I'm not saying I didn't still get the wheelies every once in a while because, you know, when the tree really swings because of the, of like, you know, wind and whatnot, oh, yeah. when you're yep. first getting into the saddle, you know, it, it's a little weird because you swing a little differently. But after I did that, after I fell right in front of my wife and, and ate bark, <laughs> dude, I, I immediately compared it to the time that I had the cable on my lock, uh, my lock on snap while I was standing in there and it shot me off the side. So it was oh, only no. the left side snapped and i went tumbling off the left side and and then and then there's the jolt but then you swing around the tree and you smash the other side of the tree and then you come swinging back around and you hit your your climbing sticks it was just yeah i mean i didn't die but and i didn't hurt myself any but it wasn't fun no you know it wasn't it was there was a clear uh difference between the two i'm i'm kind of curious chase while uh you know you're hopefully going to be getting into saddle hunting this this fall as you hear adrian and i discuss this what what thoughts creep into your mind like what do you think when you when when that while we're having this discussion well i mean to me it, like you said it pretty much sounds like a no-brainer especially if you're going to be doing a lot of run and gun setups on public land or even on private i mean i do a lot of running guns on private as well and i can remember actually seeing saddles maybe in a magazine like 10 years ago and I saw this guy he was in a tree on a saddle and I mean it wasn't as fancy as some of the stuff now where you got the the predator platform and some of the other stuff 
And I was thinking, I was like, man, that dude looks like a ninja. I mean, that's, that's what was like the first thing that came to mind. I was like, that's, he looks like a hunting ninja uh, up there. And I always thought that was kind of cool, especially where he was at in the tree, because it was in a spot where you definitely would not have been able to get a climber or a lock on in that area. I mean, the tree was kind of bent and I'm like, man, that, that looks cool. But I never really thought that that'd be something that I would ever do. Um, just because of, I'm not really sure. I just never really saw interest because no one else down here was doing anything like that, especially at that time. Now that I've been uh, good buddies with you and I'm on some of these forums and stuff, I mean, saddle hunting and you're seeing all these guys that are having a lot of success out of a saddle. And like I said, whenever you and I went on that public land hunt and I'm walking in with a lone wolf on my back and sticks and probably more than double the weight that you had. And you're just walking in like, la-di-da-di-da, a little backpack on your back <laughs> and you already got your stand on you. And I, I mean, I was super jealous uh, because I was like, man, I've, I've got this load on my back. And here Walter is just walking in like uh, like nothing. Basically, the weight of a Snickers bar is what he had in his backpack. But, I mean, I, I just think it's cool, and I'm definitely going to get into saddle hunting this year. Um, I'm looking forward to it because like, you can hunt with a bow out of it. You can hunt with your muzzleloader out of it. I mean, there's, there's no real limitations, and it just looks like you have to put in a little bit of time, like a little bit of practice and um, maybe do like a little mental practice at home. On, okay, if a deer comes over here, this is what I need to do. Or if it comes to my right, this is how I'm going to have to shift or whatever. So, um, I love it. I mean, I haven't tried it yet, but I know I'm going to love it. Yeah, I think I think the the biggest thing that stops people, I think it's twofold. And Adrian, I'd love your opinion on this too. I think one, people are scared. There's a fear that a lot of people aren't willing to admit, so they like try and poke holes in it. You see people like, well, there's no way hanging from a rope can be safe. It's like, okay, dude, that rope is is rated for like ten thousand pounds. Like, let's let's calm down, you know, like. Um, and then I think the other place that they move into is it's new to them. So there's an effort to learn and that effort can be a little daunting to people. So, uh, you know, I, I challenge those people to be like, to, to consider the fact that if you're bow hunting, you put hundreds of hours into shooting your bow and getting proficient with your bow, unless you're like chase and you can just, you know, pick up any bow and sling down range. But you know, (laughs) you're going to put a, put a lot of time into getting to know all your other equipment. I mean, realistically guys your your whole process it's only the end that changes you know like hanging the tree hanging the saddle to the tree is the only process that changes and in your art you get to the top of your sticks you're there you just wrap one more cord around the tree unleash your lineman's belt and you're pretty much done so the learning curve is is more of like how do i climb the tree with my gear how do i refine my setup as i'm climbing up the tree it's little stuff like that you really don't have to apply any kind of you know, grave or, or serious mindset. And I'd say after about five or six hunts, uh, I had really identified the weak spots in my system and was able to identify them. So uh, I, I really see no excuse for people who want to try saddle hunting. The benefits just so outweigh the cons. I just don't understand why more people wouldn't consider it. I'm with you there. You know, you, you would ask, you know, what's, what's the deterrent maybe from why, why some people might not or whatever, but you, you touched on it though, but you know, sometimes you know, change it, change is tough for people in general and uh, a lot of things. And, you know, this is, this is a fairly new concept, even though it's been out for a little bit, it's kind of been underground, I guess, so to speak, but it's, it's a fairly new concept. 
and and, and our, our our fathers and grandfathers and, and uncles, you know, they didn't do this. So, like, they're a little skeptical, you know. Like I was mentioning when, when I saw Ricky pull out his sit drag, I'm like, I didn't, I couldn't picture it in my mind till I actually saw him do it because I hadn't seen it. And so, yeah, there is some skepticism there. Um, but once, once I, so I just pulled the trigger. I, I was, I, I bought a saddle. And, and once I, I actually, I, I didn't even sit in the sit drag. I, I, I didn't even try it. I just went and bought me a saddle. I was like, I got to try this, but I wanted something that was, uh, I guess, commercialized that was made for that versus the sit drag. But now I would, I, I wouldn't have no problem doing a sit drag knowing what I know, but I bought a saddle specifically for hunting and, and sitting in the tree like that and tried it myself. And I knew immediately that this is something I felt like would be a good thing for me. And, and, uh, like I said, and you said it took about five hunts and you kind of started finding some holes and, and that's, that's the thing. Like basically anything we do, we want to correct and get better at it. So especially you know, we're talking about a passion, you know, this is a passion for us. I mean, we were ate up with it. And so you always, you know, for, the sake of the game and, 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 and being honorable there. And you know, I don't want to wound anything. I want to, I want to kill it, you, you know? Um, so I want to be the best I can be. So like Chase was saying, you know, um, a little mental, uh, mental practice helps a lot, but getting in the tree and like the biggest thing is taking your bow, uh, however you hang it in the tree and then grabbing it and, and maneuvering it around you've got some lines or like, Oh, those lines will get in the way and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, they can. If you don't know what you're doing and you haven't put any time in, sure. You know, cause it's going to be different. But if, if, um, if you put the time in, it's, 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 it's a quick fix. It's, it's an easy, you know, uh, an easy thing to do. It, just like time your shoe, you do it enough. You, you just know how to do it. You can't explain it necessarily. So, um, that's how I feel. But plus he said the ultimate thing, you look like a freaking ninja. How badass. <laughs> How badass are the pictures of saddle hunters? Yeah. I mean, think think about what it's done for Greg Godfrey. That joker. It makes him look cool. <laughs> oh, G2 Outdoors. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. No, if it wasn't for Greg, I wouldn't be a saddle hunter today, man. That's... uh. That's uh, that dude. He he just is a wealth of information. But you know, somebody touched on. I think the success that comes with saddle hunting. I think it was Chase actually that mentioned that it seems like it it breeds a degree of success in the outdoors, largely because of its benefits. I mean, there wasn't a tree last year that I wanted to hunt that I didn't hunt. Uh, keeping with that with that idea there, that subject. Let's move into your hunt, and uh, I, I'd like to know. Uh, kind of some of the some of the backstory as to why why you were hunting the piece that you were hunting, but also like what were some of the tactics that went into using the saddle uh, on this hunt? Um, I'm going to touch on that. One other thing I was going to say, um, we, we were just talking about as far as uh, uh, the saddle and, and and success rates. You know, confidence. You know. Just, I think generally, you know, for a person that's going to, is a confident in what they have and their, their tools, they're probably going to perform better. And I think that, you know, obviously your confidence isn't going to make a deer show up, but 
you know, I think that uh, with confidence, that's going to breed success. So I think that that kind of touches on that as well. I know for me, if oh, I, absolutely, if I feel confident going in, and and whatever, you know, I feel like I'm a, I'm going to be better prepared mentally. So um, so uh, yeah, uh, this past season I uh, um got a and so Catman, if you guys you know Catman Outdoors, he lives right down the road, lives down the road from me. That Joker and I hunt together a ton. Uh, he's a great dude, and like you see in his videos and stuff, he's always he's always out and about. I, I, I just try to keep up. So we hunt uh, a ton of the the public land uh, around us together, and uh, we we started venturing out to some other public lands and whatnot, and going some different states. Uh, but anyway. Um, he's, uh, he's had some cameras out and, uh, uh, on a piece of private land. And, uh, that's, you know, as hunters, we don't, we're, we're somewhat on the selfish side. Let's be real. We're not always you know, <laughs> for good reason though. We're not telling everybody what we see or where we saw it. And, uh, anyway, there's, there's a couple guys, Ricky and that I mentioned, and then Catman, uh, that, that we, we share we share our information. You know, those, those are, are we're good buddies. And, uh, um, you know, if I'm not able to to pursue something, I'd love for them to get a chance to. You know, that's just kind of how we work. But at the same time, we honor and respect each other from the standpoint of, hey, that's kind of that's kind of his deer or, or whatever, you know, unspoken, I guess. And we just had that mutual respect. Anyway, Catman had uh, asked me to, to go on a hunt with him. And uh, I'd, I'd been in there before uh, with him and uh, seen some pictures of some good deer. This was during the rut, and uh, it was muzzleloader season. And uh, I, I, have a, I feel like I have a great muzzleloader, but I just I love, I love my bow. I, you know, I, that's my passion. And I have no, I have no problem shooting a muzzleloader or rifle or whatever. No problem, you know. I know some some people are, you know, have different thoughts on that. But my favorite is my bow, getting up close and personal, and connecting. And so I decided that uh, it, it was it was second week in November, and I decided that um, I was going to go in with a bow. And uh, so I go. We started a uh, in Tennessee last year. We got to, for the first time ever, they opened up a weekend at the end of August for a velvet hunt. And uh, Oh, wow. And so we've never experienced that. You know, the, the, deer's, uh, the deer always shed by the time we start hunting the last weekend of September. So anyway. Is that a, is that a quota situation or should I just go ahead and get your address? <laughs> we'll, we'll have to talk about that, Walter. There's some pictures of you going around right now that I'm not very happy with. So, <laughs> oh, that's a bald face lie. Continue. Oh man, <laughs> can't bring him around the family. <laughs> hey, man, I let it all hang out. There's nothing, no, nothing left to the imagination for me. So you know what you're getting. <laughs> unfortunately that's that. unfortunately we all have uh, <laughs> go ahead buddy you're talking about your uh, <laughs> velvet hunt anyway um so i went uh so the velvet hunt in tennessee is only for private land they don't they don't open that up for wma or public any public land at all so it was private land so we went in uh for the velvet hunt 
and uh, so I, I knew the area vaguely. I mean, and so uh, um, had some deer come in on the velvet hunt. Uh, you know, we're in August now. I mean, it like you were mentioning uh, how right. hot it is down there. I mean, it's it's easily ninety plus, ninety five plus. Anyway, um, I had some small small bucks coming in, and uh, you know. Uh, I knew there's some bigger ones out there. So we saw it passed. And then, uh, Catman and I, we, we hunted, we went to a few deer camps together and we talked about, you know, getting back together and going back out there. And so, um, we got up, met up one morning and, and, uh, and got out. Uh, I knew the generally where I wanted to be, I was going to hunt the same area. And, uh, so I, I get to my tree and, uh, at the time, uh, I'm, I'm using what I've got so many different climbing methods. Uh, I, I think I chose, I was using some muddy pros with a, with a movable aider, you know, me, me being tall. Um, I, I think I took, I had two, I don't know if I used two or three at this hunt, but I had two or three muddy pros with a movable aider. And, uh, so I, I'm, I'm putting the first stick on the tree and it's, it's, uh, it was misty that morning, a little drizzle going on, nothing heavy. And, uh, but it, you just, you could smell the, the, the deer in the air, you know, just that, mm-hmm. you know, when you're walking in an area and you're like, Oh, I smell, I smell deer. Oh yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's the, the, the deep in the rut right here. I mean, it's on. And so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, and Catman, he's probably, I don't know. He's probably, three, 400 yards away. And anyway, I put that first step on the tree and something blows. And I was like, God, I mean, it was walking down a path about 10 yards away. Literally, mm. it was probably right in line with me. Didn't know I was there till I was made a little bit of a noise putting that, that uh, stick on the tree. And uh, I was like, man, that's, it's kind of disappointing. Cause I'm like, you know, you don't know what it is. I'm thinking that's the big one or whatever. So anyway, I end up climbing up and, uh, uh, let's see, I had, uh, some does come right behind me, uh, literally walking down the path that I, I came in on, you know, something I, I did this, this hunt, um, I, I try to be as scent free as possible. I know some guys are really into to it, but I, I try to do the best I can there. And, uh, but I, I and I don't really use since or I ha, or I hadn't and uh, I had a buddy that you know um, rat get, rat getter sense and lures um, donated some stuff to we have we have a deer camp and they donated some stuff so I tried some of their their I, I, I can't remember the name of it but it was like a doe doe and heat type of thing and I'd sprayed. Uh, on some trees uh, around me, uh, some bushes right in front of me. And then I actually, I, I, I take that back. I, I started using uh, some Evercom this year just to, just to try it out to see. And I, I had that on my boots walking in. Now, you know, I've, I've, I'm telling you about one deer blows. I had another deer walk in right from where I came, some does. And they're, they're the ones that's usually on alert, you know, they, they're mm. big. So, it seemed like it was working. I don't know. I don't know if the, you know, it was misty and rainy a little bit. So that might've washed and sent away too. So who knows? Anyway, 
it, it uh, around nine o'clock that morning, I texted Catman a little bit, and he had just said, "He's like, man, I'm, I haven't seen a thing." And he gets antsy. He don't like sitting a whole whole long time, so he likes to stalk a lot. I'm 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 not very good at it, uh, so I, I figure figure I need to keep my tail in a tree. Uh, that's I, I don't know. I feel like my chances are definitely better going to be in a tree. Um, so anyway, he said he's going to stalk in a certain area. I was like, okay. Uh, I'm thinking, hey, that might help me out. You know, if he pushes something or scares something he doesn't know about, it might come my way. So anyway, um, I have some does about 50 yards to my right walking through, not in front of my face, but just kind of passing by. And uh, so about that time, I catch movement. Um, I'm facing the tree, I guess, about to my 11 o'clock. There is a uh, there's a thicket um, probably about 70 yards away. And all I see is horns. I mean, I, I just I just see horns and and then I see the body and. I immediately, you know, I get I break nervous. Um, and <laughs> he's, he's scent checking. I can tell you, he's scent checking this, uh, the winds in my favor, it's blowing at my face. And so he can't smell me and he's scent checking that, uh, thicket. And, uh, so I, I can see him like, man, he's gonna walk in there. So I, I pull out, uh, my, I got my grunt tube around my neck and I grunt at him, and he's he's slowly walking at this point, uh, fixing to go in there. And he doesn't he doesn't pause, he doesn't stop. I grunt again, same thing. He's he's this this Joker's on a mission, you know. And so then I was like, all right, I snort wheeze. At this point, I got him to pause and stop, but he he kind of does like the the half over the shoulder look. It didn't maybe maybe even a second. And then he just is like, Nope, I'm going in here. I smell something. So he's gone. Well, I'm sitting there thinking, golly. So I'm texting Catman. I'm like, please don't be in the thicket anywhere and scare this deer. And, uh, <laughs> um, I, that was, I was, I was thinking that I was like, you know, I don't think he would be, but I'm just, I'm just, just in case don't be here right now. Um, or uh, nah, actually I said, I was letting him know, hey, there's a big one. If you're in that area, you might want to sit down for a minute because he might be coming through. And so anyway, this this is with, within a minute or two minutes, though, of me seeing this deer. I guess when I grunted and snort wheeze, this, this little six-pointer comes busting behind me up to my tree. And he, he's like right under me. I'm thinking, oh, man, this might be good. And about that time I looked to my right and those does I'd mentioned earlier, about 50, 60 yards away, I can still see one of them through, through the, uh, the bushes a little bit. So he's, he's looking at them, but then he's kind of looking around like, you know, where's the, where's the buck that was uh, making these noises. So he, he comes, he's goes from my left to my right to where those does uh, had just walked through. So he slowly walks through there and then he sniffs those bushes I'd sprayed. So oh, man. I'm thinking, man, this is this, you know, God, that other deer's gone though. Hopefully it's it's gonna pick up. Because all of a sudden I'm seeing all these deer um all in a matter of five, ten minutes. 
So as I'm watching, I'm sitting here watching this little six pointer walk from my left to my right down, down the, right in front of me, basically. And I'm just watching him. That's what I'm doing. I'm watching him to see what he's going to do with these does. And then all of a sudden I catch movement at the base of my tree. And lo and behold, that big son of a gun that I saw five minutes earlier had snuck back in. I never heard him, never saw him. I mean, no, I was looking to oh, my wow. I was looking to my right. He's literally five yards, five yards. And I'm sitting here, um, I'm hanging, you know, uh, I've got my, my manis on and and, and and my knees, though, I can feel my knees start getting a little weak. Like, I mean, it just, <laughs> just, I couldn't imagine, I'll, I'll say this, I couldn't imagine if I would watch that Joker walk in how I would have felt. At this point, it's happening so fast, I didn't have time to break his nervous. As I, I wear knee pads, you know, um, for saddle hunting, you know, and so I don't, they're not hard plastic, but I feel like they would have been rattling together. <laughs> anyway, it just it just happened. So me being a, uh, a lefty shooter, I had the bow to my right, and he was walking from my left to my right, just the same path that that other uh, smaller six-point had just came down. So, um, and he was, st- when I noticed him, he was stopped at the base of my tree, uh, ba- well, I see the base, but like five yards out, basically. And so I'm I'm trying not to move because I feel like he's got enough peripheral vision. That if I moved, I feel like he could have saw me even up above him. And I'm probably 20-ish feet up, I guess. And so anyway, he starts to walk. And at this point in time, I'm trying to grab my bow. I'm shaky. I'm trying to get... Uh, my release, uh, you know, situated. And, uh, so it sounds like a plug, but like this deer, I was sitting there worried it's going to walk away and I'm not going to get a shot because I'm fumbling around here. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, lo and behold, one of those bushes I sprayed, he stops that and he's sniffing it. And I, I don't know if it's because, you know, Obviously, I like to think it's it's working. I, I don't know if it's that or if he, it's it's or did that other buck brush against it as it walked by? You know, I, I don't know, but it doesn't matter at this point. All I know is I got that that arrow pulled, or I'm, I'm drawn back, and he is eight to ten yards away, and I put one right through him. Um, I, I use a, a nocturnal knock, so I saw it. Uh, you know, blood just just shoots out immediately, uh, bright red. And I, I put it, it actually goes to the other shoulder socket. And uh, I can see the arrow sticking out. He does a high kick. Um, arrow is hanging out of him. And I'm a little worried. I know I saw the blood and all that, but I'm worried that, oh, my, you know, did 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 I hit, I want to make sure that I hit something that's going to kill this deer. Did I hit lungs, the heart, whatever. And uh, then he just takes off. He goes back left. And there's a lot of undergrowth there. So I couldn't see him after about five yards. So I'm uh, at this point texting with Catman, or actually I'm trying to call him and he's not answering. He's not answering. 
and then um, I'm texting. I was like, I shot that deer. Um, he ran off. I don't know. I, I can't see him. And by the time uh, he calls me back, I just happen to, I, I, I guess I'm terrible uh, spotting deer, but I look up, same thing from my old story. I look up and about 25, 30 yards away, I see white belly. There he is. So um, I can't get out of the tree fast enough at this point. Actually, I left, I left everything in the tree, everything. I just unhooked and climbed down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh by that time Catman had got to my tree and uh we had uh I, I saw the deer I, I I was looking at him through my binoculars I, I knew he was dead um but at this point I, I I wanted to follow the blood trail I don't know I just that's one of my things I, I like to see what I can see there because I, I feel like I always learn something with that and i wanted to find the arrow because i saw the arrow uh come out at some point i didn't know where so we're following the blood trail and catman was like why are you doing that let's just go get your deer i'm like yeah that video you sent me he says exactly that yeah, that's like, but i see your deer right here <laughs> and he just walk, starts walking right over to the deer th- that's exactly <laughs> what it was that's what because he's like what are you doing your deer's over here i was like i'm, I'm trying to find this arrow i'm going to find blood trail blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyway so we go over there and and it was it was a new one it wasn't one that was on camera um the the rut you know brought in this joker and i was fortunate enough to to be in a good spot and uh put an arrow through this deer and uh so then you know uh we took a couple pictures and uh, uh still try i went back and i still tried to find the arrow and uh I eventually found it. It, it deflected funny somehow. Uh, I guess when he was running, I think it hit a tree branch, and then it flew off kind of funny. But it, it the uh, the head of it broke off into the opposite shoulder. Um, so anyway, we drug the deer out, and uh, we uh, tried to be like old old Mister Parker and uh, <laughs> dropped it dropped it off in a boat. We had a canoe and. Uh, um, floated on down to the vehicles, and that was it. Uh, that's awesome, man. That it's it's funny to me how you know ne- it just kind of goes to show, even hunting private land, you never know what's going to walk out in front of you. You know, yeah. Like you, you had this idea of what kind of deer it would be, and even in that video that you sent me, you could hear the excitement in y'all's voices of, "Oh my God! You know, this this is a totally different deer." Yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting. I mean, that's part of the, you know, there's so many, sure. there's so many exciting things about deer hunting or just being outdoors in general. But when, when the unexpected happens and it's a positive thing, man, that's, that's exhilarating itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. For sure. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and, and this is going to be kind of a modified uh, version uh, of, of the question I tend to end podcasts with. And that is this, there's a lot of, we talked to, we talked a lot about learning curves, you know, learning a bunch of different stuff and, and, and how subtle hunting is different. What did that that hunt, what one item did that one hunt teach you about deer hunting? Um, I need, I, I got locked in on those other deer. You know, I was telling you, I was watching that small buck and, and I, was, I was, you know, I was watching. I think that's a, maybe a natural thing, but uh 
during the rut, anything can happen. For, I mean, and, and not just the rut, but especially the rut. Anything can happen. You know, I I uh, I didn't get the reaction on that deer initially when I wanted it, when I grunted and, and snort wheezed. But I feel like this deer snuck in. Like, I, he, he came in, and I didn't see him. Now, I wasn't looking, but I feel like he snuck in because I never heard anything, right? And so... Um, and I heard those other deer, even though the ground was a little wet, so I said it was misty, a little mist going on, but, uh, I heard those other deer too. This joker came in, he's the biggest one of all and, uh, body size and everything. And I never heard him. So, you know, these, these animals obviously can, are unpredictable to a degree. And, uh, you know, I, you just gotta, I could have, I could have, if I would have continued to watch those other deer and did not happen to catch movement, um, there's a good chance I might not have got a chance at that deer. And so I think it's just, you know, being better prepared because I, I could have lost out on it. It, it, you know, not, not get caught up in one thing, but because, you know, how many times have you seen a video with somebody saying, Ooh, look at that deer down there. And then the next thing you know is no, there's one back behind it, you know, or, <laughs> and there's no doubt. I, I don't know. I'd like to say, I think I was not moving, but I'm sure my head was swiveling back and forth to look at those other deer and luckily, again, I'm behind a tree. This this deer didn't see me because I'm on the opposite side of this tree. And uh, so I, I just want to make sure that I don't get caught up in, in watching one thing and miss out on the other. Because, I mean, I've done that turkey hunting. I'm sitting here watching a hen, and I, I, and I'm, I maybe move to get a better look. And then, oh, there's a gobbler behind me that I come in silent, you know? Yeah. I think I think that's a solid piece of advice. Chase, you got any any questions, follow ups to that story? Uh, well, do you feel like? I mean, it sounds like you feel like maybe. Do you feel like you were in an advantage on that hunt when that you were in the saddle with that buck sneaking up on you and you didn't know he was there? I, I think so. I mean, I was able to to be behind the tree. I was able to grab my bow, uh, and then you know, I had. He was close. I had. A, I was able to take a, a really clear shot. You know, I, I think that. Well, uh, okay. Here's the advantage with that particular tree. Um, there were some limbs. There's no way I could have done it with a climber. And and uh, I think that uh, with with the uh, if I was on a lock on, I would have had it facing on the other side of the tree. So I, I feel like it does give me an advantage there for sure. Uh, no, 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 no question. Could I kill it out of a climber or a, or a lock on? Maybe, you know, you, you don't know, but I, I feel confidence, uh, or I feel confident in that, in, in my, my manners, um, or, or being in a saddle. And, uh, that, that gives me, I feel like it gives me an edge that I, I can, uh, plus, you know, golly, it would have sucked to have a lock on and a climber in that boat with that deer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the weight advantage alone definitely oh, helped out. Um, here, I got a couple of quick questions for you on the saddle. Um, just some questions that I kind of wonder about myself, uh, if you don't mind answering those. Sure, shoot. Uh, what is the farthest shot that you feel comfortable taking uh, a deer in a saddle? Um, so taking a deer period for me, like I've, I've rarely shot, um, I don't know that I've shot a deer past 40, 
42 yards and 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 under the the right wind conditions and and stuff and you know that comes in with practice uh i try to i I shoot long distance uh just for one just because i I like to do it and but but then I'll, i'll move in and i feel like the closer i move in when i'm shooting you know um if i can shoot from a long distance away, I feel like the closer distances are a little bit easier, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's a, a, a time and situation thing. Uh, I'll practice out of a tree at, at 50 and 60 yards. Now, now okay. we're talking about, you know, in a tree where I'm shooting out into a field where I have that kind of, of lanes. I don't know most hunting scenarios for me. I'm not, I don't have that type of lane, but, if, if 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 the wind is is right and I feel confident in myself, in my bow, and and, and I've been shooting well, if I, I feel like I, I, if I had the opportunity and, and a good one came and I wanted to shoot, I felt forty five fifty yards. Okay. But again, um, I don't think that's an everyday. I, I think right, it's a right, situation yeah. and everything like that. Typically, yeah, most that's... most is 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 thirty and under. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people like say with the saddle, you can kind of get in the tree you want to be in, so that usually helps you with the shots to begin with, where you're not having to take uh, longer shots. Uh, what is the longest you've sat in a saddle on a hunt? Have you done an all day hunt in a saddle? Oh yeah. I mean, um, I, so you know, you have with saddle hunters, you have sitters and leaners. And when I first started, I was 80% sitting. I was comfortable with that. Um, now that I've, I've progressed a little bit, not to say that progression makes you do this. It's just, just me. But uh, uh, when I, when I uh, uh, got my tethered manis, um, it, was, it was really comfortable for me to lean. And... Uh, um, I kind of enjoyed it, but that, that with, with the proper platform, the, the predator platform is phenomenal. And, and I was able to, um, lean in the, in the Manus and, and use that platform, you know, and have plenty of room. I mean, I, I don't know, I, I got a size 12 boot. So, and I, I was good to go. And so the, uh, um, the combination of having the, uh, the, the, the back band, I don't use, I used to use it a lot. I didn't with the Manus as much. Now on an all day sit, um, sure. I'll break it out. And, uh, I also put, I don't know, I don't know if Walter, if you've done this or not. Um, so with my predator, I also have two uh, of the old, uh, Ameristep style, um, steps. Mm-hmm. And I've got those on a, uh, on a boat, uh, boat buckle and I'll put those on both sides of the tree. So I've got one, like if I want to sit, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're sitting on a, 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 maybe a motorcycle. I don't ride motorcycles, but in my mind, this sounds really good. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, or, or no, no better yet. When you're a kid and you get those pegs on your bike, it's like sitting down and you're putting your feet on the pegs. And I got, the, I got the, uh, the, the tethered, uh, back band on there and I can lean back and, and I'm comfortable. You know, and, and that's the biggest thing for me because here's the deal: if I'm not comfortable, I'm not having fun. You know, it's un- if it's uncomfortable for me, it's just discomfort. That's not fun. So, um, 
so and like I, I mentioned earlier, I think that I like hunting as long as possible because I feel like there's a greater chance of something, you know, happen for me. So um, I, I don't mind the all day sits. Um, now I, th- I think there's, there's, your body's got to adjust to though, you know, cause you're, you're using potentially different muscles there. And, uh, uh, there's a, I don't know if you've heard of a thing called saddle shape. You know, I, I think that that comes with using the saddle and, and di- using different parts of your body and sitting certain ways and whatnot that your body adjusts and adapts to. And, um, like, so early season for me, when I, when I start saddle hunting again, there's a two week period that were parts of my body feel a little fatigued. And, and part of that is probably I'm not working out as much as I should, uh, on, but, and which I want to do better at, um, as far as just being prepared for the hunting season. But, uh, uh, you know, when I say fatigue, a lot of it's in my climbing method too, though, just using my legs to climb. But, uh, I think with time, uh, for me anyway, I can, I can sit all day. Okay. Uh, well, last question is what is your number one tip for someone getting into saddle hunting for a newbie? What, what would you say is your number one tip for somebody? Um, if you can before now, we all know that, and I know Walter knows this, you can buy any kind of saddle gear and if you don't like it, you can probably sell it and make money. It's the way they seem to be. Yeah. But especially closer to the season. Yeah, for sure. But I think trying as many things as you can, like there's so many, like there's so many climbing methods. Golly, there's so many ways to do it. And I think you got to find your niche. What's going to be good for me might not be good for you or, or, or vice versa, you know? So, um, getting, finding your niche, practicing, uh, uh, practice is huge. You know, so many, I feel like I'll, I feel like guys that uh, not everybody's going to like it, you know, it's not for everybody, but I feel like some guys give up on it early. Like, Oh man, this isn't this this didn't feel right or too much stuff to remember. I mean, but when you get a routine down, you know, it it comes like clockwork. And I think that, you know, if anything that you feel is important, you you need to put time into it. And and hunting is is one of those things for me. It's important. I'm going to put my time and and I'm going to do my homework. And, but I think, you know, talking to as many saddle hunters as you can and researching a little bit, you know, everybody's going to give you a different opinion. Bottom line is you got to try it for yourself. You got to find out what's going to work for you. Yeah, sure. Listen to other tips, store them and, and keep them in your mind and, and pull them out as need be, but, um, try it. And, 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 you know, don't, don't hesitate to, to do it. If, if you feel like it's going to make you a better hunter or a versatile hunter. And I mean, I think that's what everybody wants to be. I, I mean, I, I would just cause I think that I feel like everybody should think that, I guess, but you know, be the best you can be. And if that's going to, if, if a saddle is going to do that for you, man, go, go try all the, all the stuff you can and, and read up as much as you can on it and then and, and get you one and try it. If you don't like it, sell it by a different kind or whatever if you if you if it's still something that uh fits you but it's it's not you know it's not going to work for everybody right out the box it's it's going to take some adjustment and a couple fits and and uh stick with it play with it you'll find something that that fits for you if you don't find a way to make saddle hunting work for you you haven't tried enough options in my opinion you haven't tried enough things you haven't given it a fair shake because 
there's there's no there's no uh, sacrifice uh, to be made while saddle hunting except for maybe facing the tree instead of facing away from the tree. Like that's the only thing you have to compromise. But you already touched on the benefits of that. So and and the, the, that's the neat thing about saddle hunting. These these saddle hunting guys, these they're gurus, man. They come up with so many new things. I I, I try to keep up and I I, I try to say. No, this is what I'm doing. This is this is what I like. This works for me. But then I'm like, oh my goodness, that makes perfect sense, and yep. that's going to be better. So you know, that's why I get. Uh, that's why I have different climbing methods. I mean, I, I use different. Like, I, I, depending on where I'm hunting, uh, you know, sticks are easy, but golly, they they, they some of them are, are heavy, and then there's some bulk there, and then uh, oh yeah, then then uh, I use uh, tree gas which I did last year for the first time and they're pretty awesome. I must say I was a little, little nervous, just, you know, something new, but man, I felt like a squirrel going up that tree. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I'm going to try something new this year. Um, I'm going to get some Cranford rope steps and I'm going to, I don't know if you've seen them, but, uh, oh, yeah. I, I haven't practiced with them like I should yet. And that's, that's what I'm going to be doing. But, you know, they weigh next to nothing. I can put those in my sis hauler. I can put four of them and then have an aider. I'm talking no weight. I mean, minimal weight, no bulk. I hope that works for me because that's going to be freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Bubba, my phone is telling me it's time to go. I'm sitting at 2%. This has been a great podcast episode. And I tell you what, we need to follow this one up with an episode on saddle hunting. I think between the three of us, especially once we get a saddle in Chase's hands, I think it'd be a great episode for the three of us to kind of talk about the systems that we're doing. Maybe that's something we can we can uh, discuss getting a little closer to the season. The three of us can get on and have a, a gear and tactics and expectation episode. What do you say? I think I think that would be great, you know, getting information out to, to other hunters and, 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 yeah. and, and kids that are, are new to this and give them – other ideas I, th- I think that'd be great and i and i can learn you know i want to learn if you guys got something that's going to benefit me or help me to be a better hunter i want to hear about it absolutely yeah well guys adrian thank you for coming on man hang on the line i'm gonna wrap this up but i want to chat with you briefly yes sir guys if you like this episode hit that subscribe button leave us a rating review find us on facebook instagram Maybe one day we'll have a YouTube channel I can send you guys there too. But uh, in the meantime, get outside and go enjoy the outdoors.